Welcome to another episode of The Rental Journal, a podcast dedicated to the equipment rental industry. I'm your host, Mark Simonson, and today we're interviewing a legend of the hiring rental industry, being Andy Kennard. Andy initially joined Kennard's Hire in 1964 after traveling overseas to learn about the American rental industry. When he came back, he helped his brother Neville expand the business out, and I really am excited to understand a bit more about his mindset and how he applied some of those learnings along the way. Kennard's Hire now has over 180 locations in Australia and New Zealand, and he's one of the most innovative rental businesses in the world. Andy, to kick things off, can you talk a little bit about why you went overseas and how you applied that to the business? Yeah, Mark, you're pretty well informed about our history, <laughs> um, but you've got it pretty right. Uh, as I was just a young kid, I was 20 years old when I decided to go overseas and, and grow up a little. I was pretty naive and had been pretty protected in my life. So I, uh, this, it, it was a good experience to get out and be independent and have to be self-sufficient. So I, um, so I just travelled and bummed around literally I uh, didn't uh, didn't achieve anything of any importance when I was in Europe uh, but then my brother uh, owned the business uh, he had bought it from my father and he said I'll come back and manage it I said oh yeah okay I was a bit sick of bumming around achieving nothing so I I jumped at the opportunity and went to uh, he said I'll come back to America I think there's a bit of a rental industry over there so, which I did and uh, just happened in landing in Los Angeles to drive past uh, the Wanamaker rental business. And so I stopped and called in and said g'day. And they were lovely people and welcomed me in and uh, you know, took me under their umbrella a bit. And then I, uh, they said that they then showed me their business and introduced me to a couple of the other uh, pioneers they were really in the rental industry in, in the US. And they showed me they, you know, I, I met them and talked with them and learned a lot. And at this stage, I was not really in the business. Uh, I had worked in the business for a year, uh, but I was not uh, really in the business. So I probably didn't know the right questions to ask of these people. But by seeing what they did and absorbing it and listening to what they were saying, then I, I learned a huge amount. And at the same time, I was also able to... Uh, a week after I arrived, the American Rental Association convention was on in Fort Worth. And so they said, I you know, recommended I go to that. So I jumped on a plane, went there and enjoyed that, which was a reasonably early one. Uh, it was probably at the time 10 or 12 years old, I think. So it was still quite small and, and uh, uh, personal. Uh, so I learned that and I was the first international visitor. So they made a bit of a fuss of me. So that was fun. And then um, uh, I came back to Los Angeles and I spent a, a, a bit of time with Sam Greenberg from Sam's U-Drive. And uh, he was probably the most highly regarded pioneer in California. Uh, so I was very fortunate to catch up with him and I was able to spend time with him. And, and that's what started a great relationship with him. And I sort of, while he wouldn't have said he was mentoring me, I believe that I was mentored by being with him a lot of the time. So up, I came home and sort of fired up with enthusiasm about what to do and uh, started doing things in the business. Uh, and then we were, Nev and I were, uh, I became a partner in the business and we were 
fired up to improve it and, and do what really do what the, what the Yanks were doing because they were at the time I reckon they were five or ten years ahead of us uh, of where the way what we were doing and what the Australian rental industry was doing. And so we, uh, uh, so the next year Nev went over and I think he went to the American or the Californian convention and we alternated years for a, for a, a number of years, uh, learning and doing and implementing things the way they did. And it was just a great learning curve. And our, the main person, I mean, we met a lot of good American rental operators and the main person was Sam Greenberg. And he was so skillful, so knowledgeable, so experienced. Uh, we just spent as much time as we could with him. He was so generous. He would, uh, he, he'd, we'd stay at his house. He'd lend us a car. He'd, uh, you know, tell us where to go. Sometimes he'd say, oh, look, when you go up to such and such, you'd lend us a, a, a ute or pick up. And uh, when you're up there, would you pick up a trailer and bring it back? So we'd go up and, and be part of the, part of the, the, the team, if you like. Uh, and that was, that was a, a wonderful, wonderful experience. And I think it was that experience that really got us going and got us understanding where the industry can be and, uh, and should be. And so we, just, we literally copied what they did and just adapted it. Uh, we have a saying in the business about adopting and adapting. So we see a good idea, we say, right, let's do that. But then we adapt it to suit us or our or Australian conditions or whatever it might be. And that's been a um, that's been what we've done an enormous part of our business life. I didn't realise that the American rental industry had such a big influence on the Kennards hire business, especially when you talk about someone like Sam Greenberg in California and learning from him, I feel like that, that culture has really continued today because even when I look at some of the, the, the current staff at Kennards, they're embracing innovation and they send teams overseas to learn about other businesses and stuff like that. So that, that culture is obviously stuck. Yeah, absolutely. Now, well, we, uh, we're great believers in learning from others and, um, and we've done it through visits to overseas we've been through visits to some of our suppliers manufacturing places overseas uh, and learning from them we've been to uh, we've traveled with an american group um, a couple of times around uh, asia uh, we've had we've created our own traveling group uh, which we used to call the pro group which stood for not professional but private rental owners and they were basically basically one person from each city, but there were a few in Sydney and we used to meet and we used to travel and go and visit whatever we felt was, was important to learn about. And so we, we traveled an enormous amount, but then we also went to a lot of uh, non-hire conferences and seminars and just kept on learning about how to be better. And so we felt that after maybe uh, even as short as five years, we felt we'd just about caught up with the Americans, the Californian standards, um, you know, because we'd applied them, applied them diligently and adopted them to adapt them to our, to our own requirements. And so after some time later, we uh, said, oh, um, we're, we're, there's less to learn from the, from, the, from the Americans at the moment. So we actually started traveling. We went to around the world, to the UK, to Europe, to Asia, to Japan, 
uh, to see rental businesses in other countries and attended their conventions and conferences. Um, and so, but our, but that, so that was good. That enlarged our, our learning and our skills and knowledge. Uh, and then after a while, we just had to say, well, we just got to do it ourselves. So we started, as I said, going outside of the industry and learning mm. um, other skills. That's a great mentality to have. And as I said, it's evident still in Kennard's hire today. So that innovation is obviously part of your values. And it's important in terms of learning from others and applying it and, and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, that's obviously great to hear. Now, talk to me a little bit about motivation. You were involved in the business for 20, 30 years. How do you stay motivated for that longer period of time? And then obviously there was a, I guess, a change of the guard or a handover. And talk me through that. Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, we, uh, I guess we were growing so that was a big motivation there's always new things new branches opening or acquisitions um, because we were traveling we were seeing a lot of products that were not in australia so we uh, used to buy those direct from the suppliers in the us or the or europe and uh, so we we always had new things happening so that's a great motivator that keeps you going but i in the uh, uh, in the late 80s i found that I was getting stale, I was getting less motivated, and I wasn't sure what it was. Uh, but uh, eventually I said, well, I think I'm a bit bored with the same old, same old thing going on. So I'm going to get a, a general manager to come in and manage the detail. And I can sort of, if you like, uh, step back or step up and, uh, and be a bit more of a director, I guess, than a, than a manager. So we, we brought this person in that we thought sounded pretty good. He didn't last long. So I, it wasn't long before I was back into the, into the fold and in actual fact having to fix things up. So that was a bit of a motivator in its own way. Uh, and then uh, with GKN, GKN1 came along in 1992 where we got six branches from them. And GKN2 was in 1994 when we got eight branches. And... Peter Lankin asked if he could join us, so which uh, we said, yeah, great. So that was a great time in Kennard's High because Peter's a bright bloke. He was ambitious. He had a he had a bigger picture than than I did, and so he was able to. He really took us national. He started looking around uh, at, at acquisitions in the other states, which he which he did, and grew the company um, in. Well, quite enormously during during his time. Peter is definitely a legend of the industry, that's for sure. I might have to try and get him on the podcast at some point. Um, now, a lot of good people came out of GKN, uh, so that was obviously a great acquisition, and yeah, having Peter push that growth in the nineties and and so on. But why do you think Peter was successful? Uh, when Peter came on, he was an, he he understood the industry and. Um, so it was easy because uh, uh, he, was, he, he knew what to do and how to do it. And we just had to, I used to work very closely with him for the first number of years um, because the values is something that's probably the most important thing uh, in, in, our, in having someone there. And so while Peter had a lot of the same values, sometimes I needed to steer him a bit and guide him a bit. Um, but it was a, he took it really well and he understood that you know it was a, a learning curve and uh, he, uh, he 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 
picked it up and I think that's uh, that's part of why he was so successful that we had faith that he was uh, running along the same train lines uh, train track as we were handing over the direction of any business is always going to be a challenge and obviously Peter Lankin fit that culture and the values quite a lot and and sort of gelled really well with the Kenatire family now I see you promote family businesses in Australia a lot. How much of the influence do they have on you? In the late 90s, when Pete was CEO and I was, um, I suppose I was chairman at the time, I didn't particularly use that term, um, we talked a bit about the concept of selling the business because uh, Pete had joined Macbro Hire um, when GKN bought it in 1989, I think it was. 1990, uh, and he joined them as CEO and uh, and uh, learned the business from the McDonald brothers, who we knew well and and, and we uh, liked and respected. And and from that, he then went to the US because GKN were going to make it a worldwide business in rentals. But then in the late 90s, Pete and I were talking, and he was sort of saying, "Well, maybe we should think about selling." And we talked and talked. Anyhow, nothing happened, though we had a lot of people talking to us. Um, and then in 2003, I was invited to talk at the FBA con- conference in Hobart. And I, I didn't know anything about FBA, but I learned from there. And uh, we joined this, that uh, group and uh, I got involved uh, in various positions. And uh, But it was through that that we actually changed our feeling completely. And we said, okay, we're now in a family business and we're in there for the long term multiple generations is what we called it and uh, and so that's what kept us from um, from from selling out effectively so fba was very instrumental in us understanding that but they also have a process to help family businesses to to re- remain as family businesses and to remain family businesses through generations so through succession planning um, with with the family, so we learned a lot about that, and we went through quite a whole process. And we think we uh, really took uh, virtually completed the the process with them. That, that it wasn't a, a full journey with them, but it was uh, we learned a lot and did it. So we so that helped us to understand better about the family's role in the business and and and, and where where we were and where we were going. So that just that was a probably the strongest thing. We made lots of friends. We learned lots of, uh, lots of things from them too about business, but also about, about families in business. Wow, I don't, I don't think many people know that. Kennards were pretty close to getting sold. And then if it wasn't really, it sounds like if it wasn't for Family Businesses Australia, you, you wouldn't have kept the business. So that's, uh, that's quite amazing to hear because you might've been a very different business today. Probably would be. Probably would be, yep, because mostly when you sell out, someone wants to take it a different direction and we've kept pretty closely to the direction that we have followed and want to follow. Now, I like to ask everyone this question because I like hearing the different answers, but how do you define success? Yeah, tough question, that one, Mark. Um, I think there's two elements of success. One is probably in business and another one is probably in life outside of business uh, and uh, in business i think the i would define success as being the reputation you have 
uh, from people within the industry, people outside of the industry. Um, so I think that's that was that's how we felt very very satisfied by by that. Uh, we by being a leader in the in the industry, and because we were the first to come back from the states and learn the way, we jumped ahead and we became leaders, and others were following. Um, and so, being a leader is is to me um, being successful. In that, uh, and it's not like we're leading at the expense of others. We're just leading to do to raise the standard and do a very good job in our industry. Um, and uh, if you like, raise the standard generally because others have to raise their standards to, if you like, keep up with us. Now that probably sounds a bit arrogant, but, uh, but we feel that a lot of people have used us as, a, as a, an example that they follow. Um, and that is, that is, that leadership thing is uh, uh, demonstrated by one of our corporate values, which is called, which we say is taking higher, higher. So we just want to expand the industry um, and make it bigger for everybody. And uh, we, with our slice of the pie, will grow along with that. And we do that by just maintaining very high standards, setting high standards. We like to think we're innovative, uh, so that we're, we're doing new and different things and, uh, and improving all the time. So as business thing, I think that would, is how I define success. In, in life, um, I think it's very simply, it's uh, um, enjoying the family that we have and, uh, and being proud of what, who they are and what they uh, have achieved and are achieving. The first thing that came to my mind when you just said raising the standards and expanding the industry was when Kennard's Hire expanded into New Zealand and to me, it, that really changed the New Zealand hire and rental industry because the, the standards were increased significantly by the way that Kennards were operating their business. Yeah, I agree. Um, and uh, we're very proud of the fact that that's happened because uh, the industry was a bit uh, highly competitive and, and sort of spiraling down instead of spiraling up. So we... Uh, we came in and we said, we're not going to be a part of that. We're going to do our own thing as we do it. And uh, I think we contributed to the industry raising standards and, and the competitors uh, just doing a better job. So I'm, I'm pleased that you've got that feeling. Yep. I think most people would also agree with us on that topic. So now let's talk about the hire and rental association and the ara and some of these trade events i saw kennard's got 50 years as ara members how important do you think these trade events and associations are to the industry uh, it, it is important i'm just thinking about that the the way that i would express it is that it's uh uh learning from your peers um and being together and be able to communicate with your peers. Uh, when uh, Nev, my brother, uh, first started the Hire Association in, in New South Wales with uh, some others, um, uh, the first at the first meeting, everybody talked about how are we going to stop the discounting? Oh, bloody this person's discounting here, and it was all about stopping discounting. And we 
decided very early on that uh, it was nothing about pricing. We weren't going to talk about pricing or discounting. We were going to talk about raising the standards of the industry. And so that's uh, what has been a, uh, a strong thing that the association has done. And, uh, and uh, certainly my, Nev, my brother, he was the inaugural president um, and he uh, of both the state association also the national um so he was he was influential in making that happen uh, and i was very very fortunate to be his younger brother because uh, he was more mature than me and uh, i learned a hell of a lot from him uh, but uh, so other things with the association yes a, a strong association is is really important to the industry and i think that a lot there's a number of businesses say oh i don't believe in those associations no they just they're all, they, they see them as negative. I see nothing that need be negative about them. It can be, but, but it, it depends on how people thinking and how the leadership happens, but they can be very, very positive for each business and I, uh, uh, and the industry. I just, I can't understand why any company would not be a part of, of an association. A, can get as involved as much or as little as they want to, but there's opportunities to learn and to make your business better. So I, uh, I think having an association has, uh, has been a very strong thing in all the associations that we belong to in the US, in New Zealand, in, uh, in Europe. Uh, it's been very good to be able to have uh, uh, been a part of that. And the same in the in the family business Australia by being a part of that association, we uh, uh, find that we can um, uh, we can communicate with a much wider group of people and learn from their cultures and their feelings, which uh, has been very strong. So I can't I can't urge it strongly enough to uh, to join and be, be a part of it. I can't agree more. I think the the higher mental associations around the world definitely provide an opportunity for others to learn. And yeah, if you're sort of excluding yourself, you're giving up that opportunity to network and, and really understand more about other businesses. So yeah, just to put it out there. So if you're in Australia, you could look up the, the higher mental association. If you're in New Zealand, you could look up the higher mental association in New Zealand, which is high ends. If you're in the US, you could look up um, the American Mental Association. If you're in Canada, you can look up the Canadian Mental Association. If you're in uh, the UK or Europe, you can look up the European Mental Association. Like they're everywhere. So definitely reach out and find them. And I think uh, to your point that it would be a mistake to not be associated or involved. Now talking about new businesses, starting a rental business is always challenging. You've obviously been around for a long time and have seen a lot and had a big influence on, on the Kennards Hire business. What advice would you give to somebody that's uh, only starting a new hire rental business or just getting into the industry? There's been a lot of new entrants in the last few years, uh, and uh, with, which is fine. I think the most important thing is, and this comes back to, I guess, our philosophy, but which I think is, is, is current, is that... Um, you don't don't try and be the same as somebody else. Be different. Do it differently, and uh, that's what we have tried to do. But 
but also we used to do it by saying, well, if we're going to open a branch somewhere, don't plonk it right next to the, the competitor. Go somewhere else. Get your, go and find your own market, your own marketplace by not trying to steal business from, from the bloke next door. And so we've always done that. And some of our competitors haven't. They've sort of said, oh, geez, we'll go and steal a bit of Kennards. Uh, so they, they position themselves pretty close to us. And uh, that's all right. That's their decision. Um, we, and they will discount. They'll get some business. But we have found that over time, our consistent standards uh, of of high standards, I don't like to say excellence, but we, we work towards that, uh, eventually wins the customer over because the competitors don't, don't, aren't as consistent, they're not, and, our, and their people are not as friendly. I mean, I think our people are fantastic. They are so competent, so friendly, uh, go out of their way to look after the customer, and that's what eventually wins uh, customers uh, back even if we've, we've lost them, they eventually come back. I'd add, you know, if you're starting a business, find a niche, you know, find something that's not being served as well. Be it product, be it geography, be it uh, whatever, a way of doing things, find a niche, because that's where you'll, you'll be able to satisfy your own customers. Those are some wise words. Hopefully some of the new people in the industry that are, or even people that are looking to start their own business have taken some notes there. So look, we're coming to the end of our discussion. Um, I just wanted to put it out there. Did you have any final words that you wanted to share? I just think that I've been very fortunate to have been in the industry and fortunate that my dad was entrepreneurial enough to get into the industry uh, by chance. Um, and of course that story is not unique. A number of people have got into it in, in exactly the same way. So, uh, but we're just fortunate that he did that. And, uh, and then that we, I think the second fortunate thing was that we, we went to America and we saw what they did and we started on the, uh, on the journey of continual improvement, you know, and that's, uh, you know, where, uh, what there's a saying for it. I think uh, constantly, or continually dissatisfied, something like that, so that you're always looking to be better. And uh, so that's uh, what what I think is is one of our things. I mean, our we our company aim is to be the best hire company in the world. Now, of course, you can never measure whether you are, uh, and uh, we wouldn't we wouldn't suggest that we are. But that's a, a driving force to continue to do it better. Well, that about wraps up our discussion, Andy. I really appreciate you taking the time to catch up with the Rental Journal. And yeah, I want to thank you personally for everything that you've done for the industry and obviously with everyone in the Kinatire family as well. All right, Mark, thanks for those nice words. That's lovely. Nice to, to talk with you again and hopefully we'll meet in person somewhere sometime, not in the near future. Please follow and share the Rental Journal and I hope to see everyone in the next episode. 